0: In order to be successful, failure is really your only option, right? You're going to have to fail and be okay with failing, right? Learn to grow and evolve.
1: Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. When you think about entrepreneurship, what comes to mind? It's not just the grit, the tenacity, and the vision of the leader. It's also finding that widget, finding that niche where you could carve out the right opportunities for you to grow. Today we're joined by a good friend of ours who's created a niche just for his organization to thrive. And you can say that it's come at the right time because in so many ways after this pandemic, we've had to learn to adjust to meeting our clients' needs, to meeting our organizational needs. That's what we're doing today. We're glad to be joined by Joseph Weaver. He's the CEO of Global Design Interactive. It's a full-service digital marketing and communications firm located in the greater Baltimore, Maryland area. Their three core competencies include brand development, e-learning, and technology platforms. Joseph, welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Program. How are you today?
0: Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Thanks for that uh, warm introduction. And uh, Dave and Danny, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, You know, I've heard a lot about you guys, seen some of your shows. So, you know, just uh, very excited to be a part of it.
1: Well, we're definitely thrilled to have you here, Joseph. This is David, and throughout the program, we'll make sure to introduce ourselves for our listening audience to know who's asking you the question. I want to jump right into your entrepreneurial journey. Tell us about your leadership background and what inspired you to start your organization, Global Design Interactive?
0: Sure. So I have uh, both of my degrees are are in information technology. So undergrad, I went to Lincoln University, which is the first HBCU, uh, and then I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Uh, And so when I came out of school, I started, uh, you know, I had worked at digital, so I was, you know, working on BMX, fax systems, uh, and then I started being an Oracle developer, and so I worked at Monsanto Chemical Company first, uh, and as I was getting my grad degree, I was working at the same time, uh, I got an offer to work down here at Waterhouse, so that's what brought me to the Maryland area, Uh, and at first, that was wonderful, I mean, I had an assignment out in California, so I had a house here, I would fly out, you know, every other week to to kind of be out there and uh, kind of do work and, and live in the sunny weather. Uh, so that was great. I'm, you know, I'm 23, 24, uh, things are going good. But just, you know, as you begin to sort of hear that alarm clock and sort of the travel and different things, uh, it just begins to weigh on you. And at that time, you know, we're all kind of in a learn behavior mode, right? So it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm mid-20s now, I need to think about, you know, finding a wife, and then I need to find a, a house to live in, all that kind of stuff. So those, those things sort of just pushed me to kind of, one, take a huge leap of faith, because I really started in the industry, while it overlaps what I, you know, learned in terms of information technology, it's the marketing component that is uh, somewhat different. So, uh, you know, I just kind of believed in myself. I, I think I always knew that I had that Oracle background in my in my back pocket, so if I needed a plan B, but I really kind of went into it and just started working on small jobs, uh, and then they just grew over time. I mean, I started the first postcard, uh, you know, business here where you go into the restaurant and get the free postcards. So I had that distribution to all of the different restaurants, so that was something new and exciting. So that was the beginning of you know global design, and then just this vision of kind of. Solving problems and doing sometimes what is is tough to do, but rewarding in the end.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSP Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why at Meetup and DSP Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Optimize how you spend. Save and grow your money with the Millionaire Me app. Millionaire Me was designed to help Gens X, Y, and Z become after-tax millionaires in retirement. Even if you haven't started saving, you can get started. Get all the tools that you'll need in one easy to use app to get you toward your goal of retiring as a millionaire. So remember, pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Go to the App Store, download the app to get started. And even now, you could join in their campaign this month entitled the March Forward Savings Challenge. Get started and learn how to become that millionaire. This is Danny. I think that's fantastic. I will have to say something similar happened to me along the way as well. I was traveling all over the place, all over the U.S., the world, Canada, and you get to a point where you just like, I think I'm done. I just, I'm just not done with technology, just done with all this traveling. Sometimes in tech, you just got to start with one thing here and there. But one of the things I'm hearing in the back of my mind is that you've always had this knack and ability to be able to solve complex problems. And even if things didn't work out, you can always fall back on your skill set. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is how you really push forward with GDI Connect, is that you've actually taken your neck, your skill, you've created problem solving, putting it all together, solving business challenges. Is this what you see, like, envisioned when you became an entrepreneur, is that, hey, I'm just going to put it all together, it's going to happen? Or did it kind of just all fall in place? But your background, your technical skill set, your education actually help propel this entrepreneurial journey that you're on.
0: You know, it, it, it's interesting as you, you know, sometimes you go back, you know, you might have your 30 year anniversary for high school or different things and you talk to your friends and they kind of, you know, your self-awareness, you know, grows over time. You don't always have it in your 20s, 30s. You know, it may take to your mid 40s, 50s before you're like, oh, wow, this is who I am. These are what God gave me, right? These are, are my gifts. Uh, And then how do I deploy my gifts and sort of make them work uh, for the the best of the company and for the best of myself uh, and my family and life? I think one of the things that oftentimes, you know, in this society, like the word fail uh, has been, you know, used as a bad word. But honestly, in order to be successful, failure is really your only option, right? You're going to have to fail and be okay with failing, right? Learn to grow and evolve. Oftentimes, you know, as leaders, I mean, it's great when things are cushy, right? When the economy's soaring, everything is going great. I mean, that's all fun. But your real growth comes from when times get hard. Maybe it's, you know, 2007, when we had the financial crisis, maybe it's the dot com, maybe it's a pandemic. I mean, you have all these things that aren't part of your navigation system. And, you know, coming from a family that didn't really have uh, any entrepreneurs, I had my aunt, uh, she had a, a beauty salon, hair salon uh, in her house that she did in Philadelphia for many years. So, certainly would have a lot of great conversations with her. But when you don't really have that navigation system built in, you're learning things quickly along the way. And it just depends on how how tough your exterior is and how you talk to yourself. I think, you know, especially with the pandemic, how you talk to yourself is critical to how successful you're going to be. This is David. This
1: is such a great point you make here, Joseph. When you go through challenging times, what do you do? And a lot of organizations did not rebound. They did not respond and thus went out of business. A lot of organizations were challenged and had to let a lot of people go. And then there were some that found a way through this storm of complexity, through the storm of confusion, they found a way to gain success. So talk about that mindset, Joseph. How do you talk to yourself? Or how did you talk to yourself how did you overcome some of those challenges? Because people that are looking at entrepreneurs are like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys have that mindset. You always think you could do it. No, you actually have to deal not just with the challenges and the complexities of your clients, but you have to deal with your own. So how did you overcome some of those challenges? How do you talk to yourself or how did you talk to yourself?
0: Well, I'm, I'm definitely a, a glass half full person. Uh, and I try to sort of You know, I have all these what people would call isms, right? So there's lots of positive quotes and thoughts that I kind of keep around me, uh, keep in front of me. The people that I hang with, deal with, you know, like you, David, you know, we just had lunch, you know, a few days ago. So sitting with people that are of like mind uh, is certainly helpful. But it was very interesting this time around with the pandemic because I had a client who had two very big uh, conferences in STEM. Um, And so they were in February and uh, well October and then February uh, of, you know, 2019. So, I was working through these things, but I, you know, you're hearing things on the news. Oh, yeah, you know, the pandemic. Oh, this, that. And it was kind of like, okay, well, okay, there's stuff happening in this state. Okay, great. Oh, there's stuff happening in this state. Uh, And then all of a sudden, it was just like a major shutdown. So, in the beginning, it was kind of like a reprieve of some sort, right? Because we all kind of got a chance to step back on our lives and say, hey, what? You know, I'm going to slow down for a minute and I'm going to actually, you know, kind of enjoy. I mean, me and my wife, we were like binge watching all kinds of shows like Ozark. But then what happened is I'm like, OK, as this thing is playing out, I'm like, all right, what are the real ramifications of this? And as you begin to see, there's a lot of fuzzy logic a lot of times with news reports and, and how people sort of characterize things. So you have to localize it to, all right, well, how am I going to survive and what am I going to do? And so one of the things that I've been really you know blessed and thankful with is that you know, having sort of that, you know, right and left brain that always kind of working, right? So we're, we're always trying to forge like, if not now, when, or like, what mountain should we climb? And, you know, I also say something else to people a lot of times that every mountaintop has two valleys, right? So in theory, you're going to have more low times than you're going to have high times. So what do you do? So we were able to really pivot with our clients that had these large conferences, and we really started developing these virtual twin uh, conferences. And that was sort of the beginning of the, the metaverse of stuff that we were kind of building. But we were still able to create the same experience in the same you know, city context uh, from a digital standpoint. Uh, and so using that sort of not getting that deer in the headlights, but being able to stand there and say, what needs to shift? And so we rewrote our client's whole creative brief because we really needed to you know, reset ourselves, and that that became then the overarching theme for the conference was reset to rise, right? Mm-hmm. And so rewriting that and going into you know the dungeon to make things happen. I mean, that's the core, and that's part of the problem solving that I love so much, and that you know we're all very passionate about. Is when you do have that tough problem set, how do you get to point i am I'm I'm just not a quitter. You know, in some ways that's good, in some ways that's bad, but that's just my mentality.
1: This is Danny. David, I talk about this all the time. When you have a business, when you have a practice, when you have a entrepreneur journey that you're about to get on, the mindset is so key, so important because if you don't have that right mindset, you will hit a roadblock and you'll give up. You'll quit. If you don't have the right mindset, I really appreciate you bringing that up. It doesn't matter what you do in life. I don't care if it's playing a sport I don't care if it's studying for an exam in life. Mindset is so crucial, so important. And I think being a tech entrepreneur, having that mindset on the background, knowing at the end of the day, it doesn't. If, you know what? Nothing doesn't work. You can figure it out. You can move forward. And one of the things I love about the background I had growing up, Dave and I being twins, we're totally opposite. And we have a book coming out with uh, called "Identically Opposite." Okay. Is that I used to take things apart. And then try to put it back together. Just try my best. Took apart a whole clock. Took apart a radio, until I learned about capacitors, and transistors, and things like that. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just always fascinated. fascinating. And one day I learned. I really learned how to. I really learned how to make a radio from scratch. Um, but I had to go. I had to go to a favorite uh, place of mine called Radio Shack. And I don't know if anyone ah. knows what Radio Shack is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's unique because no matter what happens in life. Whether I fall down or whether I decide to get back up, I get back up because I always break it down to elementary components. If I'm going to make something work, I got to know how it works. If I'm going to make something be successful, I have to know all the components of how it works to the point where sometimes people go, Danny, stop. What are you doing? Just let it go. No, I have to understand everything. And that was my mindset. I got to understand everything to know how things work, and that's helped me to learn marketing. That's helped me to learn different skill sets outside of just being an engineer, uh, which I believe actually helped me with uh, my business and propel my business forward. So, we see this thing going on at this moment where the pandemic has caused a lot of people to be virtual, and now this organization is saying, "Hey, we want you to be back in the office two or three days a week because we're missing some portions of team building that's not there virtually." And your expertise and your background, how prevalent do you see going forward virtual tools are going to continue to be now that we have a sense of some people going back to the office, some people not, but do you still believe that this is going to stick around for quite a while? And do you believe that there is a uh, greater sense now with Chat, GBT and all these other technologies that we're going to be even more productive when we're virtual and less productive if we're all back together as, as one unit? But what are your thoughts about that?
0: So, a very, very good question. And so, this is about, you know, the evolution. So, I, I founded the firm back in 1995. So, this is our 27th year in business. So, a lot of our lives is really built on learned behavior, right? Things that we either read, we saw on TV, or we got from our parents. That begins to be how we see the world. And so, you know, being in business, you know, especially being a, you know African-American entrepreneurs, always this, pressure about, you know, well, what kind of office do you have? Or, you know, what are you doing? Or who are you doing it with? Or or there's always this validation kind of thing. So I played along with that game for many years. And I used to be, you know, one of those folks when the young folks would come to me and be like, hey, can I work from home one day a week? Or hey, how about a couple days a week? And I'm like, dude, we got an office right here. Like, yo, come on in. We're we're here. We'll see you when you get here kind of thing, right? But going through the pandemic, you know, one thing that I have evolved to is, you know, we're doing great, you know, virtually, but I think it's somehow has a lot to do with our creative mindset. So we're always able to sort of tinker and grow within ourselves, but then we can always reach out to each other and have the conversation. But in terms of lifestyle balance, man, you're able to, I'm on like 140 week workout streak of working out twice a week, right? Because I can kind of break it up. Um, you know, home office, go over to the gym that I built because I always, you know, my mentality for this year is I never had that much time. So I've always had to bring the mountain to me. So when I did my basement a long time ago, I built a gym in there so that I'd have something to kind of go. Um, you know, you think about what the time you waste for getting ready for a meeting, uh, running to a meeting, um, all that kind of stuff you can save. If I can have an hour meeting and I really can start at nine and finish at 10 and go ahead and start doing something else you gain a lot of time. I mean, I think the people who were driving to Virginia hour and a half each way two hours, I mean, that's three hours out of your day. If you stopped doing that, would you in your right mind do it again? No matter what the money was, you would probably say, well, if I could do it from my house, why do I need to make waste this time in the car? Because that just showed you how much little time some people were spending with their families, right? I mean, if you're in a car that long and you work eight, nine, 10 hours a day, and you got a sliver of time for people and you're, you know, got to reset and, and kind of do it again uh, the next day. So I think I have evolved to say that I think while working from home isn't from for everyone, and I still believe that you know you can have the great office environment and some people like to be here. I, I think you're gonna have to have this hybrid mentality. And I don't think the hybrid mentality is going away, whether it's you know, just office uh, or working or whether we're having meetings or if we're doing a a conference or a convention. I'm working on a big national convention now. And the goal is to do it hybrid because, yes, we want everybody to come in person. But there's also another revenue model if you can kind of create this agenda platform that people can go and be just as engaged as they are live. So I don't think you want to lose the eyeballs. I think you always want to kind of grow. The eyeballs. So, but it's something that people have to be trained. It's not a, like, hey, let's start doing this now and then we're going to stop and do this. It's how do we keep evolving with all this stuff? And to your point, the chat GPTs and all that, you know, writing code, and we're doing a lot and kind of investigating that now and seeing the power of it. This is Danny again.
1: And I agree with uh, a lot of the aspects of what you're saying. And one of the things I will say for those people driving up all the way from Virginia, if you have an hour and a half on the road, that you're used to having to drive each way, you better be listening to some amazing books or the Twins Talking Up podcast and add to your edification. You, you have to be, there's, I don't understand. Look, you got an hour and a half. You have an opportunity. Just think about an hour and a half times two, three hours a day, multiply it by five days a week, compounded over the, over 48 weeks of the year for work. You're going to become a genius in something. You're going to become a genius of something. This is my problem solving thinking that I, I look at. There's been a lot of books out there. There are people that organizations have created um, like uh, Cliff Notes for books you could download and listen to. I think about all these things. And even though it's a challenge, they have to go back to the office, even if you have to go back one day a week, two days a week, three days a week, whatever it may be, use that time of travel as an opportunity to build yourself up. Use that time of travel as an opportunity to better yourself as an individual. And if you have, side hustles, that you're wanting to become your main hustle, this is the time to start thinking about it. This is the time to start listening to experts. There's no better time in history to learn and grow from someone else's success than now. With so much information out there from books, from podcasts, from neighbors, having mentors that you can get on LinkedIn, no matter what it may be, there's no better time than right now. And this is what I want to encourage everybody. Yes, you, you may have to go back to the office. You know, there's some great things about going back to the office. I'm sure Joseph and his organization, GDI Connect, when they're putting together these great showcases um, that they do every single day, which I think is phenomenal. When you think about all the showcases they have to do, sometimes it's best when everybody is together. When you're designing something for the Women of Color STEM Conference when you're designing something for the Maryland digital lottery, when you're designing something for virtual twin conferences, all this stuff, sometimes it's best for everybody to be right there in the room to work it all out. And sometimes it's best that we just need to go out and visit the client. Sometimes we need to go out and meet where the location is at so we can get the ambience of the room. Where does the technology need to be at? Where does the cameras need to be at? Where does the speakers need to be at? How are we going to make this all digital? You can't do all that sometimes sometimes. Virtually, sometimes you actually have to have everybody there because at the end of the day, it's what your client wants. Your client wants the best experience possible. And it doesn't always mean that you have to be remote. And I think that is very important when we get together. It's that time that we focus on team building. We got to focus on team building. So take advantage, whether you're remote or whether you're local, take advantage. So Joseph, tell us, all these projects you guys have worked on, and I, I don't remember it was 2,700 projects or something you guys have done or some big number. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. You guys have done a lot of projects. But tell me, of all the projects you've done at GDI Connect, what has been the most inspiring project? It doesn't have to be the most financial rewarding for you. It doesn't have to be the biggest or the smallest. But what has been the most rewarding project you've worked on, whether it be from a technology perspective or maybe from a client perspective, you like working with the client? Tell us a little bit about One of the most rewarding projects you've worked on in the complexity of that project and how you guys are able to deliver it.
0: Uh, Thanks for that question. Uh, If you don't mind for a second, I'd just like to go back to to you were bringing up some very key things uh, previously. So I I think 100% the socialization, everybody needs that, right? In some form or another, you need it. So going to a networking event, going to the office, uh, going to meet a client for lunch. I mean, all those are just internal rewarding things. Uh, You said something else about, hey, if you're taking that drive, you need to be learning something. Well, that's part of the conversation that people are having with themselves. So if you're not in a good place, you're not worried about learning. I mean, a lot of times you do think about what chaos represents, right, or clutter. Uh, All these things are are part of procrastination. So when you understand procrastination, it's not that you're lazy. You have just talked yourself out of doing something because you either don't like it, it's not sexy, Um, maybe it doesn't have like a tremendous ROI, so we drag our feet, right? We don't We don't want to do some things, but that's on us, but that's a conversation with yourself. And that's the only way that you're gonna adjust that. So now onto your, your second part of your question there. So, you know, starting in 1995 uh, and just, you know, it, it's so funny, a lot of places I'll go and like, especially now, since we're getting back to that socialization and events, and I'll see clients that we have done work for, maybe it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago, And, you know, maybe they're still using the same logo and tagline that we developed for them or different things, or, you know, they're still using this. I mean, I take a lot of pride in a lot of the things that we've been able to accomplish. Uh, I don't necessarily, uh, although I'll I'll just share this story because this was one of those sort of, you know, pivotal things. But, you know, we're kind of agnostic uh, in particular industries or even, you know, government or private sector. We're looking for good clients that, you know, illustrates a win-win for them, for us. Uh, has a good problem set, and allows us to kind of use our left and right right brains to our full capacity. So the the story that comes to mind is just one of like every day represents, you know, hope, right? And so that's the thing I think about being an entrepreneur that you really have to engage in. You might have one day that's like, oh, man, like nothing's going. But and those are the days I kind of like I I, I don't forge anything, right? I just kind of let stuff kind of play out like, all right, well, this person didn't pick up or I didn't get an email back or I didn't get a response to this proposal. I don't get worked up or let anxiety happen at those points. I'm like, today's just not your day, bro. Like, let that go. And so you look for those days that have hope. So with this project here, which was for the Maryland Transportation Authority, which was for Bay Bridge, if you think about like, damn, what's a marketing and technology firm doing, you know, with the Bay Bridge project? So one day, you know, I'm just sitting in my office. This must have been maybe around year seven, eight, nine, something of that nature. And so a call just comes in. Hey, and the guy, she's like, hey, this guy from. You know, American Bridge is on the phone for you. I'm like, okay, cool. Pick up. Hello, how you doing? It's Joe Weaver. How can I help you? And he's like, hey, you know, this is such and such. You know, I got your name under the directory. Such and such gave us your name. And, you know, it says your organization would be great to assist us. We won the award to, you know, work on the Bay Bridge Project for the next five years. Uh, and your firm is a part of that. And I have this paperwork that I need you to sign. Okay. So, you know, in the back of your head, you're like, all right, just be cool, Joe. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, what's the value of the contract? He's like, oh, it's five hundred thousand dollars. So now I'm really like ice cold, right? I'm like, okay, cool. Well, hey, look, here's our address. You know, I'll see you when you get here. And sure enough, he comes in, he's got this paperwork. It's $500,000. Boom. So, man, I, it was such fun working on that project because I got to see the undergirth of the bridge. I got to be on there at 12 or one o'clock when the guys, we were filming everything and doing photography. Um, we were, you know, we didn't, they didn't really have drones back then that were, you know, really working. But we did a lot of video where we were on the boats uh, and we were seeing, so it was one of those projects that you would never think, well, how does the firm get involved in this? But being able to uh, inform, I mean, past people that, you know, hey, the bridges, uh, these lanes open or not these lanes open, uh, communicate with the industry, uh, press releases, you know, just really be a part of helping that bridge. And, and you know, it was going to be confusion and, and congestion in people's lives. But if we could make it a little bit better. We could keep people more informed. And we were part of the original where it was like, you know, either go early or stay late. So, you know, we were part of that whole development of that philosophy.
1: We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jacobitz. That's Paul, dot com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations brand communications and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Joseph, this is David, and let me throw this out to our listening audience today. If you love what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to this program, you're downloading these episodes, and that you're sharing this with your colleagues. I will tell you, I live here in the greater Maryland area. Joseph, we've gotten together, and there are people that will tell you, I can't cross that bridge. And you have these services, and people have found this niche, especially through before COVID, where they were actually... Get in your car and drive you across the bridge for you because people are that terrified of the bridge. And imagine that you had this opportunity, this contract come at you're uh, literally on your lap. Here's a contract. We want your help to make sure we're designing and setting up safety procedures that people are going to use this bridge every day to go to work back and forth. And you did that. I love that. So. I've gotta ask this interesting question because there are people that listen to this program. They're small to mid-sized companies, they're C-suite members. And then there are those who have been in their offices and they've looked at COVID as an opportunity to say, it's time to go for it. Yeah, it might be for some of them a time to hold back, hold in, let, let me just gather myself and let me wait this storm out. But then there are those that say, no, it's time to go for it because of the storm. What is some advice or what would be thoughts that you would give to aspiring leaders out there in the tech industry who might be thinking, this is my time to start my own entrepreneurial journey? What would you say to those guys?
0: So, I, you know, I say to everybody, and I, and I certainly have a lot of folks that come up and, and ask questions. And I'm, I'm always willing to sort of talk and uh, give advice. And, and, you know, some part of, you know, discernment, sometimes you even even seeing people that maybe they might not be you know, the best at leading an organization. They might be the COO or the CFO or something of that nature. Um, And you can kind of see some of those things. And maybe you kind of guide like, hey, you know, sometimes it's good to be on a a ship with a bunch of really talented people than trying to lead a ship uh, sometimes. Sometimes, not, not for everybody. But I think the advice that I have is that You know, I was talking about it a second ago about every day is a new day, right? Anything can happen on any given day. So I always wake up like, hmm, what's going to happen today? What things will occur? Uh, And trying to make sure that I'm being, you know, thoughtful about how I'm looking at my day, right? How do I bucketize my time, right? I'm not going to sit there and just look at email all day. I know I've got key things. So how do I write those down? Uh, Often serving two masters, you know. I know everybody wants to kind of jump out and like, oh man, I'm gonna run hard with the wolves, and I got my credit cards. But man, you might want to build up a little war chest. One, working at a place where you want to do your business and learning that business there. Two, doing being able to do the side hustle because if you can't sustain what you're doing over here and be able to start your new venture, you're probably not going to make it anyway because. It's going to take more time, more effort, more talent than you've ever exhibited in your life. And then once you get to the point where you got to lead other people, that now means that not only are you a leader from just being the president and CEO, but sometimes you, it, it could be a therapist role. You know, sometimes it could be a friend role. I mean, you have to have all kinds of empathy to be able to then lead and lead effectively and lead your own self. Right. Because, hey, every day isn't the best day. Right. No one's waking up like super excited, like, ah, you know, rocky, cracking eggs every morning that we wake up. But you build little by little. Uh, And I just try to, you know, end every day. Sometimes if I kind of don't have the most productive morning, then I turn up the juice in the afternoon so I can at least leave the day saying, all right, I kind of scallywagged away the morning. But then, you know, I was able to turn up the jets. Uh, and get some of the things accomplished, especially the bigger things, right? Like try to have one or two big things that you kind of knock off your list every day. A lot of times that's part of the procrastination and kind of stalling is because it's so big. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than what you think. And so you can let your mind get in the way of progress. And so just start, right? Just like with a business, the, the greatest magic is actually when you you know, get that paperwork signed and you get that LLC, right? That's most of the magic. After that, it's not as sexy all the time.
1: This is Danny. Uh, I appreciate you said just just start, and we get overwhelmed with all the tasks we have to do, and it's not just being an entrepreneur; it can be anything in life, because there are so many things to do that it paralyzes us. And it's just it's not because you as an individual there's something wrong with you. It's human nature. We were designed. When I mean, we talk about this fight or flight, we're going to continue to flight until our back is against the wall, and then we're going to have no choice but to fight. You think about a lot of animals. There they seem to be cool and okay, but as soon as their back is in the corner, they can't run nowhere, they will attack mm-hmm. because they want to get out. There's also this notion that that fear, man, is so overwhelming. I'm so paralyzed. What do I need to do? And one of the things I love about sports and running track and doing track and field growing up is that there's always this aspect. Get ready, get set, go. And I've turned it to three, two, one, go. Even if you're playing games, Mario Kart, whatever it is, they always go D, 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 whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. It's goal time, right? So I always have this mentality whenever I get stuck. I get overwhelmed. I know human nature wants to be self-preservation, and I want to be in fear. And i oh my like, gosh, I got ten thousand things to do as an entrepreneur. I'm just overwhelmed. I, I I I think I'm gonna veg out, watch movies or something, or I think I'm gonna go out and just just sit down and, and play games, or I think I'm gonna go for a long coffee, a long drive to get me a good cup of coffee. Whatever it may be, I know as soon as I go three, two, one, if I move my body one inch forward, guess what? I start doing the task and I want to encourage all of our listeners out there, as Joseph was saying, and he has that right mindset. He has that background. He has that mindset that no matter what, he's going to move forward. I want to encourage all of you guys, as you get to the point where you as an entrepreneur are moving forward and you feel this sense of freeze happening, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It is human nature for self-preservation when it comes to doing something new. I mean, if you think about the way you drive every day to work, to store, to a friend's house, you take the same routes yes. because it's comfortable. Try taking a different route. You're going to feel anxiety all the way to your friend's house, all the way to the store, all the way to wherever you need to go, to the shopping mall, whatever it is. You're going to feel that anxiety. But it's okay. It's okay. It's just self-preservation. Just one of the things that we, we've seen because of this COVID situation, because of the pandemic situation, we've seen that more organizations were going virtual, more organizations were, were doing a lot more things, remote, Zoom took off, Microsoft Teams took off, WebEx took off, all these organizations had more people using the platform than ever before. But at Global Design Interactive, when you think about these trends, you think about everything that continues to change as we move forward, what other ways have you seen the demand for your business in helping these organizations go and adopt cloud or more ai tools or more things now because of the industry because of the pandemic what ways have you seen your organization uh, adapt to helping these businesses as they move forward
0: thank you danny that's a that's a great question uh, and you know one i want to take a moment to just you know, congratulate you guys for being a great resource out there. And I know you guys do a lot of motivational speaking and different things, but this is the type of stuff that, you know, uh, it isn't always the sexiest. But when you look back over time at your body of work and, and what people were able to, to grow from it, then that's something to be very proud of. So I wanted to give your listeners, uh, you know, a great book resource um, that I think can be very helpful. Uh, and it, it plays into what you were just talking about. It's called A Mind of Its Own by Cordelia Fine. And so what you talked about is, or in the, the premises of this book is that your mind actually is preventing you from doing great things, right? Because your mind doesn't want you to get hurt or doesn't want you to be in a situation where you can fail. So, man, you have to rewire your brain just to be successful. So think about how crazy that is when you're so fearful. And that's why I think we even this generation that I see now, the younger generation, you know, the social media, you know, all these things, devices in their face it has done something to them that has kind of made them, you know, a little different. And a lot of times they won't pursue things if it looks like it, they're not going to be able to uh, succeed. If it just has an inkling of I might fail, they won't fool with it. And that's, you know, part of what this book talks about. So you really have to level against yourself. You know, I remember, you know, his great uh, friend, uh, colleague Larry Jennings, He's done a lot. You know, he has an investment firm, all those kinds of things. And he says the first meeting that he went in, he went into Kinko's and basically wrote out the proposal right there, had it printed it up. And he asked for an exuberant amount of money. Right. But he had the right attitude to ask for an exuberant amount of money. If you go in there like, oh, man, they're probably going to say no if I, you know, ask for this kind of money. Yeah, they're pretty much going to say no. But if you go in there like, hey, man, every question has going to have one answer. So let me just shoot my shot. Right. So I think, you know, that's very important. Now, uh, to what you were saying about you know, the pandemic and how people grow, I think one of the things for us that's been very successful is because we, we're not afraid of the edge, right? So if there's new technology or new things and we can find a business solution, a business case, like working with any client, I don't care if we're working on the, the latest, hottest thing. If it's not for that client because it's not part of their target audience or it's not who they're trying to reach or their audience isn't going to be engaged in it we're not going to recommend it to them. It's not going something that we're going to say, hey, just because it's cool and it's shiny, we think that you should jump on board. It's kind of like the social media, right? Hey, yeah, okay, cool. Let's look at your business model and who your demographics and your target audience. Does TikTok work? Does Instagram work? Does LinkedIn work? You can't just say, I want to be on everything, right? You can, but you can dilute yourself or you can say, I want to focus on what's going to bring me the greatest ROI. And so that I think when I say looking for win-win, We want to see our clients succeed. I mean, that's the best part of the project is when something comes off and it just is like, and people are like, wow, this is amazing. I love it. That's that euphoria. Like we want to have that every project that we do. We want to be able to sit back and and see our clients smile and and, and hear, hey, you know, really thanks GGI for getting in there and and helping us. And that's what it's about, right? How, How do we solve problems together, right? And hey, if you can solve problems, you can always make money. How about that?
1: That is so true. If you listen to Gary Vee, my wife and I, we are on this um, kick where we every morning and every night, just for a few minutes or an episode or two, we're listening to different speakers, motivational speakers, business leaders, even listen to this podcast as well. We listen to it together and then she goes and does her own mindset work. But Gary Vee talks about it all the time, right? He talks about how to just make what you do, a profitable business. He would ask all the time, hey, what do, what brings you joy? What do you like? And he would he says, I still love the hustle. I will still go to a garage sale with $20 in my hand and pick up items and sell it for $100. Make $80 profit. Why would he do something like that? He's a multimillionaire. He has a goal of buying the, the, buying the New York Jets. He says he thinks he's going to need 5 to $7 billion to buy the New York Jets by the time they ever think about coming up for sale. But it's the hustle. It's the mindset that he has. And it's the fact that what has gotten him to where he's he is at today, they didn't have the social media. They didn't have TikTok when he had his, his family's wine business. He had to go make the website. He had to go create the um, the raving fans to get excited about wine, of all things. And yeah. so he took – that and perfected that. You guys can take what you do and do really well, and you can turn it into a perfection where people will pay for that expertise. They will pay for that. And I want people to understand that out there today. During the pandemic, I, uh, along with two other friends, Frank and Yasha, we um, started this thing called the Black Channel Partner Alliance. And we're grateful for our partnership with Microsoft who has invested in not only our nonprofit, but invested in the community to build up uh, the black tech community here in in North America with this great goal of giving back to inner city communities, doing a thousand digital uh, nonprofit, digital transformation projects and building up and scaling hundred black tech firms. Not only that, Microsoft has backed it by allowing us to have access to capital, easier access to capital than ever before, $50 million. Then Microsoft hired some great leaders and Romel and Regina Johnson. And you think about all the great people Microsoft is putting behind it. They're even going to different cities. They call it the Microsoft Innovation Tour with the Black Partner Growth Initiative. You went all the way down to Atlanta to be part of this tour. Tell us a little bit about your experience being at the Atlanta um, stop for the Black Partner Innovation Tour. What was it like? Who did you meet? What, what did you gain from it? And why is it beneficial for you at this point in your career, though you've been in business since
0: 1995? Yeah, so, you know, I. Uh, it's so funny, you know, being in business this long, you definitely, you know, make a lot of relationships and, and you know, uh, things with colleagues. So I had known Frank, you know, from a long time. I mean, we had been very involved uh, with Microsoft, you know, for a long time. We were a gold partner. Um, they actually funded, you know, one of our ideas to kind of build an app. Um, But I had been out of the loop, you know, for maybe five to seven years uh, with Microsoft, you know, just kind of got involved, kind of doing other things. And, you know, we kind of just kind of didn't really get back together. And so when I saw an opportunity, uh, I was like, you know what, I want to kind of check this out and kind of see what's kind of happening now at Microsoft, because, you know, even with the pandemic, I mean, i never heard of anything like PPP where they gave people free money before. I mean, that just is unheard of, right? And so, all right, let's find out what opportunities, because now there is a lot of companies that are trying to do a little bit more than just lip service and really trying to step up uh, in terms of where we are in the DEI uh, game and, and where's equity at, right? Like, how does that look for, for all of us? So I was excited to go down there that there were, you know, genuine high-level Microsoft folks Uh, There were folks from your organization that were there that, you know, I connected with and talked with. And it was just a great day of people really trying to say, and and I I really appreciated this from Microsoft leadership, you know, uh, I can't remember the young woman's name, but she was like, I need you, right? I need to reach these goals. I need to make this happen. If you have things in this arena or this arena or this arena, give me a call. I could use them. And that's what kind of the collaborative process is about is it isn't just, you know, hey, let me put up the signs. Yeah, we're here to help. Yeah, great. But then at the end of the day, you're not really there to help. Right. And so seeing that, you know, in real time, it was very uh, invigorating and an old friend and colleague that uh, we're going to work on some stuff together. David Cole, uh, he was there. So, you know, got a chance to really get that sort of, that feeling back in your stomach. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, there used to be a lot of good things that we used to kind of do here. Uh, and just trying to like pursue that roadmap now and see what that, you know, yields. Um, and, and again, trying to keep it all, you know, juggling these eggs, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, is it 1530, 7030, you know, what what mixture are you using to go after uh, different tactics? And, and how do you determine what's going to be the most fruitful ROI uh, for your company?
1: This is David Joseph and I appreciate you sharing about your experience down there in Atlanta with the Innovation Tour Stop, Microsoft putting together this series of going to different cities throughout the US to say, here's what we're trying to do for the Black Partner. Here's what we're doing to help people to understand the new cloud point structure that we're doing here. How do we get involved? How do we support each other? So I love that you're doing it. And for our listening audience out there, what's interesting about it is when Joseph came back, he reached out to me and said, what more can I do to support the Black Channel Partner Alliance group? And I love that. I love his mindset. And a matter of fact, as you are in this program, you're going to hear more about GDI because they're getting involved in becoming a partner for the Black Channel Partner Alliance. And I, and I think that's amazing. So thank you for doing that. Joseph, as we, we begin to wrap up here, you mentioned earlier that you took advantage of your business and the position that you guys were in. And instead of just saying, I'm going to go to the office every day, you also created a home office. You created a gym down there. You got into books. You got into some podcasts. And what I want to ask is, what else are you doing to stay on the edge? What are you doing to keep yourself uh, focused on sharpening the saw, so to speak? Um, I know that you love golf, but what else are you doing uh, from a professional development to keep yourself on the edge? Because I think for entrepreneurs, One thing that we have to always do is keep learning, keep growing, keep reinventing ourselves so that we can stay on that edge. Because when we're in that position, we're able to capture opportunities that other organizations may not capture. So, Joseph, what are you doing to stay inspired? Sure. So, you know,
0: it's certainly, you know, working with other entrepreneurs, you know, perhaps we'll partner on. They have an adventure, but maybe they need someone like us from a user experience, from a user interface. Maybe there's just some things that we can provide and bring to the table. Uh, That to help make them more successful. So finding opportunities like that, uh, finding unique opportunities like we're going to have to be putting a baby vending machine uh, in the BWI airport. So these support, you know, kids and parents from zero to five years old, there'll be formula, there'll be diapers, there'll be, you know, aspirin, there'll be curated clothing. Um, There'll be books, there'll be activities, there'll be Hot Wheels. So it, when you think about it, I remember presenting it, you know, to the concessionaire at the airport. And, you know, the last comment that came back was like, you're not the guy that looks like you would, you know, be into a baby vending machine. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm into what makes the most sense. And where is there a gap that nobody is serving that gap? And so, you know, we're trying to expand and do things in that area. You know, we're working on, you know, Amazon store, Shopify store. So we're beginning to kind of, you know, take our talents and what we're doing, but we're using now various avenues to sort of grow and to do. I also am a big fan, and this is why I've got too many tabs on all my uh, browser windows because <laughs> every time I see something, an email or article, and then it clicks to this article and opens up another tab. I like to read all that stuff. And so I end up, you know, because time is always a challenge. I'm not always able to get back to all of those tabs and kind of, but eventually they just stay up there. So even when I start my machine, it's like, do you want to restore your tabs? Yes. Give me all 500 tabs that I have open again <laughs> so that I can go through and try to find whatever lessons. Cause I don't, you know, I don't open them just to open for anything. So I think being sharp, you know, listening to seminars, uh, watching a demo, i I'm, I'm very nice. You know, if you watch a seminar, a lot of times they'll follow up. Hey, do you want a demo? I'll get a demo because you never know what that is. I might It might be a loyalty rewards, you know, system that I saw that I'm like, huh, that's pretty cool. All right, let me get a demo because while I might not have a client right now who needs that, there is going to be the opportunity. And I think that's what we love as a firm. I love being able to have vision enough to take two disconcerting things and, and see that there's overlap and there's a matrix that goes along with those things and then being able to craft something from something that I saw in space. I love that, this is David. And
1: I've got to say for people that are listening today, the airport, oh my goodness, if you could get something at a major airport, BWI, th- that's huge because the traffic there is always going. It's constantly moving. And to say a baby vending machine, <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh, my Twitter always say, Dave, let's focus on revenue generating activities. If it's not gonna generate an activity, don't do it. Even if it sounds cool, don't do it. That sounds cool. And it sounds like it's a revenue-generating activity. I love it. And uh, I will say this, for our listening audience today, you you have been treated to something that I believe will tickle your curiosity, will get your creative juices going. When you think about problem solving, that's what entrepreneurs do. They find that problem. They say, let's make a solution for it. We're gonna be that widget, whether it's virtual platforms or baby vending machines, or working on the Bay Bridge, we're gonna find a way to get ourselves in that door. Joseph founded Global Design Interactive with a goal of creating a community-driven platform to connect people, data, technology, and have fun. If you're an entrepreneur, you gotta have the right mindset. It's gotta be one that's focused on growth, one that's focused on being resilient, one that also understands you gotta think outside the box. To learn more about Joseph and Global Design Interactive, visit his website at GDIConnect.com. Joseph, I want to thank you for joining my 29 on this program, for sharing your story, for sharing your vision. We're going to be keeping up following your journey, especially now that you've come on board to work with the BCPA and Microsoft directly. Brother, it's good to have you. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Well, thank you very much, guys. I, I appreciate the time. I hope the listeners have uh, got something valuable. You know, as I said before you guys, you know, great. And listen, with your book that you got coming out, if you need some help with the book cover, you know, let us know. I mean, I, I know you pretty good, David. We've had some very good conversations. So, Danny, looking to having some more fruitful conversations with you. But, uh, you know, just let us know how we can help.
1: Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership.